You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name, Milwaukee Bucks reporter at The Athletic Wisconsin. And joining me as always is my good friend and the founder of BrewHoop.com, Frank Madden. Frank, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. You know, normally Sundays, uh, look forward to the weekend. Are you familiar with the series, Eric? Is that, is, that a, is that in the common vernacular? I don't know if it is or isn't. Have you heard that phrase before? Well, what did you say? Sunday scaries. Sunday like the anxiety, the anxiety of having a Monday coming up to go back to work. No, I don't think I've that? ever. I don't think okay. I've heard that. No, maybe, maybe it's just it, it probably is. I might just yeah. not like I, my job is not like <laughs> structured in that way. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. So I, I mean, in the consulting world, I guess uh, where where I work, because people usually like have to travel on Monday. So like Sunday, you know, the Sunday to Monday thing is kind of a bigger deal because mm. you're not just driving into the office uh, on Mondays. But um, I, I am. Uh, Sort of on vacation this week. Um, got some stuff I still kind of need to vaguely pay attention to with work. But um, as people hopefully by now know, uh, we are hosting the live pod on Thursday night at 7 o'clock at Broken Bat Brewing Company in the Third Ward. Um, I would rattle off the address, but I think people can Google it. Uh, Broken <laughs> Bat Brewing Company, 7 o'clock on Thursday, December 20th. We'll, we will be there. Uh, we hope you will as well. We'll be talking about the Bucks. Uh Alex Lazary from said Milwaukee Bucks will be there as a guest to talk to us about whatever. I guess we probably need to figure out what we're going to ask Alex <laughs> about. Um, but uh, I, so I have, I'm looking forward to this week. I have, I do not have Sunday scaries. Uh, I'll be okay with Sundays, but um, uh, I am getting ready. My family and I, we are loading into our uh, SUV tomorrow on Monday and beginning the drive up from uh, <laughs> Austin to, to Milwaukee, which is, uh, Google Maps wise is like a 17 and a half hour drive. So but we'll see how it goes. But we have a child and we have two old dogs, um, which is, you know, the, it's kind of funny because the child actually makes is like kind of an argument against driving because, you know, like a baby at some point is going to get kind of sick of sitting in a car seat. Um, like mm-hmm. she'll, she sleeps pretty well in the car, but then after a while, we're going to see how tomorrow goes. We're going to drive about seven <laughs> hours tomorrow. We're going to take it easy on the first day. But, um, we used to drive, we started driving when we moved down here just because, uh, we had these dogs or whatever. we didn't want to like deal with dragging them through airports and connections and things like that. Um, and just, I don't mind driving. Uh, but now with the baby, we got, you know, it's, it's going to be crowded car. It's going to be crowded car. We got three rows, <laughs> we got three rows in our Durango. So, um, but I'm looking forward to, uh, to being back in Wisconsin, going to the Bucks Pelicans game on Wednesday and then, uh, talking to you on Thursday for only the second, uh, by my count, only the second time we have ever recorded a podcast in person, uh, if I recall correctly. Um, oh wow! So that'll be that'll be fun. I I still haven't even like thought about how we're actually going to record it. 
Um, I just assume we'll figure that out, even if it means a iPod, iPhone sitting on <laughs> sitting on the on the table in front of us recording. Uh, hopefully, we have something more sophisticated, but I have no idea. Um, we'll figure it out. I was gonna say someone had asked me that, like, "Oh, you're gonna record and put it out?" And like in my head, I was like, "Oh yeah, we'll do that." And then I was like, "Oh well, I don't know how the sound quality is gonna be." And well, we're going to be like in person and I don't know if we can, I don't think we can record the audio from those mics. So um, I don't really know how this is going to work, um, but yeah, we'll figure it out. Uh, and like you said, Broken Bad Brewing Company, 231 East Buffalo Street. Um, I was going to say, obviously in the third ward uh, at 231 East Buffalo Street, they're in the the basement. So when you enter, you will go down the stairs uh, to Broken Bad Brewing Company. Uh, and yeah, 7 p.m. on Thursday. I was trying to think of of anything else. I, I know I was just talking to Tim and Dan, their two owners, um, and they are, are very excited to have us and we're very excited to, to go there as well. Uh, I would say if you're looking for parking, there's, uh, I think there's a garage, I think it's on Chicago. Uh, so if you want to park there, otherwise you can try your hand at street parking as well. Uh, it would be a Thursday night. So, you know, you might be able to find some of that, um, there as well. Or if you're coming from somewhere else, uh, the, the hop now drops off at, uh, at the Milwaukee public market. So you could take the hop from somewhere else in Milwaukee and take that in. So that could, that could work as well. So, uh, those are all the ideas that I have for, uh, getting to our live podcast but that'll be on thursday 7 p.m uh we're quite excited about it uh i know we are quite uh i know i was talking to alex as well he is quite excited about it uh so we will kind of have to watch and see um you know kind of what's up with him and i know that that he's pumped about it as well so uh we should end up having quite a bit of fun uh with the live podcast again thursday 7 p.m broken bad brewing company just so you know the next couple of podcasts are probably going to start with this as a reminder um shout out to the two guys that i saw at uh, eagle park brewing company on saturday uh who said hello and said hey love the podcast i asked if they were planning on coming on thursday and they said yes. They were planning. Uh, that that was also a brewery that they hadn't been to and they wanted to go to as well. So uh, very happy to help them check that off their off their list. I would say bucket list, but bucket list is kind of a dark term. Um, so uh, yeah, we're looking forward to it. All right, Frank. Um, um, one thing you said when you first kind of got onto our call and we started talking a little bit before we started to record was uh, you had listened to Kane and I, and you know you had kind of taking a look at the the article I'd written over at the athletic um, where, you know, I kind of looked at some of the um, existential thoughts about the Milwaukee bucks. And, you know, I was inspired to do so because after that Pacers game, both Chris and Giannis mentioned kind of like their struggles of that night specifically. And Chris is obviously admired in a little bit longer slump for the last two weeks or so. Um, but, you know, after that game, they both kind of mentioned, I asked Chris something about, Hey, you know, like, you know, when you're in a slump, do you have kind of go-to looks that you, you try to get to try to bust yourself out of a slump? And, you know, he had kind of just said like, I do, but, those looks don't really like happen in this offense anymore. Like I, I, I play to our system and I'm play in our system and you know, those shots don't really exist. And I think all of us can kind of imagine what those looks are. And I think they're all looks that none of us 
really loved. Um, but you know, it's kind of, okay, get a switch onto a smaller guy and, you know, put him on the block and shoot a turnaround jumper. And that's kind of Chris's, uh, happy place in many ways where, you know, like that's just kind of what he's about. Um, and he said, you know, I, I don't really get those. And then I had asked Giannis uh, a little bit um, about, you know, you only take seven shots. Like, did you feel like you had to do anything more? Like, did, do you feel like you, you try to force it at some point? Like, I know that's not the goal of the offense and you're always trying to make the right play, but, you know, do you try to force it? And, you know, he says no. And uh, and then I just kind of asked like, okay, well, if you are always focused on making the right play and a team comes out and puts three people in front of you at all times, the right play is going to be to pass. How do you get rhythm in that situation? And he said, pretty simply, you can't. You, you can't get rhythm and you know you have to find uh just exact quote is you can't i never had the ball i had multiple defenders around me i had to pass the ball and the game did not come back to me we never as a team forced the issue for the game to come back to me my team wants me to be unselfish so i'm going to pass the ball and that's going to be it um and again it was a spot where i don't disagree with what Giannis was saying that you know i think that as the game kind of rolled on in Indiana. They tried to use him as like a screener to get him involved in action and try to kind of turn him into a role man and see if they can manipulate the defense that way. But, you know, it just never really worked. And, uh, you know, I think one of the, the struggles of this offense can be, uh, you know, Giannis is certainly involved in creating all those open threes. Um, but for him as a player, how do you, how do you try to get any sort of rhythm if you're not getting to the free throw line, if you're not actually taking shots and you're just making the right pass, which, you know, it's called the right pass for a reason. Like it's the right thing to do, but I think it can be difficult as, as a player to do so. And, you know, it was just weird to hear both of those guys kind of mention larger ideas about, you know, what, what this system is all about and how comfortable they are in it. And it started to make me think about the playoffs and it started to make me think about, you know, how those two are used. And I talked about it on those two podcasts. I wrote about it and it sounded like you wanted to push back against a little bit, which I'm going to allow you to do now. Yeah. And I'll, well, let me say this. It's easy for me to say this after, you know, in particular as a Giannis uh, stat guy, uh, after Giannis bounces back and scores 44 uh, on Friday. But I feel like in general, I mean, I, I get a little, using the term existential and, and suggesting there's there's any type of crisis of confidence or something in, in kind of the Bucks approach, I guess to me it's real and fake. And um, I would say more fake than real. Um, and and I, by, by that just I mean... I think when you just look at what the Bucks are doing, it still remains very logical. And, and, and I don't think that you, you know, you're saying like, Oh, the Bucks need to start taking mid range jumpers. Cause no, that's not what you're saying. I think you're getting at more of the nuances of, you know, how they're involving Giannis and, you know, kind of the, the broader, you know, scheme of what they're doing. And obviously the fact that this is, is new to them. Right. So this probably to many of them, especially someone like Chris, it probably feels very new to be, taking all these pull-up threes and, and not trying to get down into the post and take short mid-range jump shots and things like that. Um, but, you know, fundamentally, uh, you know, this is still a team that is 
one of the very best at, at you know pain points. They score tons at the rim, and obviously a big part of that is Giannis, but also Bledsoe, Brogdon. You know, those guys are, are also very good for their positions. Bledsoe certainly elite for his position at getting points at the rim. And then, you know, I think when I think about just – you know, stretching the floor and, and shooting all these threes and being reliant on those threes. Um, I mean, I, that's just the way, you know, I think that's just the way it is. Right. I mean, as, as we've always said, you know, you can't, um, you can't want the bucks to shoot more threes and then be mad when they shoot more threes. Uh, and, and we always kind of bring that up when they, when they have bad three point shooting nights. Um, but you know, even, even this season, they, they, even when they've shot poorly, I mean, they've, they've been blown out quote unquote blown out twice, right? In in two two plus months, almost two full months of of, uh, of basketball. So um, I think everything is actually and I I mean again, the offense, you know, it's whatever it is, second or third in the league still. I think everything is still extremely coherent. And, you know, you've got the league's best, you know, basically guy at getting the rim and finishing, surrounded by shooters. And um, I think if I have concerns, it's really more about just the overall talent level on the team, you know, and, and I think Guys like Connaughton in particular, um, you know, Snell's a little under where he's been shooting wise. Um, you know, Giannis for sure, three point shooting wise has been way worse than than he's historically been. Um, you know, hopefully those numbers come up a little bit. But you know, even if the Bucks are average, and which is more or less what they've been in terms of percentage, even if they're average, um, that they don't really need to be. I think a whole lot better. Um, I think again, a lot of it's probably more just you know within a game like. Um, you know, do, can they just avoid those really long cold streaks? And, um, you know, again, they, they haven't shot the lights out, especially of late, it feels like. But um, I think they still give themselves chances to win. And, again, I think it's easy to point at threes just because, you know, you can find them on a stat sheet really easily. But, you know, if you're turning those into mid-range jumpers, they kind of are harder to pick out as bad shots unless you kind of really dig into the stats. So, um you know, I think it's it, you worry about the players who you worry about the players if they're worried about it. But um, I think you know, in the grand scheme of things, um, you know, everything is still this still is. I think you're, they're still kind of I think getting as much as they can out of this team. I think this is still the the way to do it. And again, I don't think that you're questioning the the system or anything like that personally. But um, I think it'll be uh, it'll be one of those things that hopefully um, you know they they manage to avoid some of these losses that we've seen. Um, but I still think in general, like the Pacers game was, was more of an outlier than anything else. And obviously you cross your fingers that, that, that ends up being the case. I have to say, I am, you don't disappoint Frank Madden. You, you do not disappoint because if, if I could have scripted what your response would be to players saying they're uncomfortable with the shots they're taking while having one of the best offenses in the league. I think I would have nailed all of those things word for word because I like, I'm not shocked that you don't think Giannis's concerns should be listened to when he's on a record pace for dunks. And uh, he had four left-handed ones and four right-handed ones and a 44 point win. And I'm, I'm not surprised that, you don't think uh, Chris Middleton's concerns about feeling comfortable in an offense when he's shooting a career high uh, number of threes. I, I can't say that I'm surprised you feel that way. Um, none of that answer surprised me. So uh, well done by you, Frank Madden. Um, you, you, you did not disappoint, but you know what, what I think is interesting. And again, maybe, maybe you don't, but you know, like all of those, 
These are humans playing basketball. Yeah. And that's why it's real. That's why that, that, I gave you most of what I said is why I thought it was fake. But, but what you're, <laughs> I think what you're going to get at is why it's real, which is if they're worried about it, then you can't just like, you know, you can't just like logic it away. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, like, that's what makes it so interesting is because, you know, as, as people who have complained about the buckshot profile for a while, as, as people who have, you know, complained about incoherent offensive and defensive schemes, like as people that have done that, you know, it's impossible. I shouldn't say impossible, but it's very difficult for us to hear these people say, you know, I'm not really all that comfortable right now. Or, you know, I could really use like a couple shots that I like to, you know, feel a little bit more comfortable in this. And, you know, like for us, it's just like, you should love these new shots. These new shots can make you more efficient. <laughs> the, like, this new offense is doing wonders for you. You should love it. But, you know, then after a game where they struggle, you hear that. And, you know, I, I mentioned on that podcast, like, I think it gets in, and I mentioned it in my article as well, but, you know, like, I think it gets interesting where, you know, like, game one of a series that happens and you lose that game and you have one of those terrible shooting percentage nights. Like, in game two, have you gone through enough in an 82 game schedule where you're just like, yep, like, this is going to happen? Like, you know, there's going to be nights where, where we don't shoot the ball well. And, you know, we happen to drop one, uh, on, on one of these nights and you know what, whatever we're down, we're down all one and a game two, it's going to come right back. We're going to shoot well, and then we'll be able to get a split and then we'll go on the road and we're going to shoot three times. We're going to shoot well, three times out of five times, or, you know, we're going to find a way to win three out of five games. And, um, you know, like, I just think, I think that part of it is really interesting. Because like we all know that there is going to be, uh, you know, some sort of adversity in in the NBA playoffs. Like you have to win four games four times, and you have to win four out of seven four times to win a championship. And you know, when you look at this team, I don't think there's anyone at this point that could say the Bucks can't win the East. And you know, maybe you say, well, they can't beat two of these top four teams in the East uh, uh, on their way there. And that's totally fine. But, you know, if you pick out any of those other teams in a seven game series, I think you feel pretty confident that the Bucks can win it. Like it, it, it doesn't matter if it's the Raptors. I think you you think they can beat the Raptors. If it's the Sixers, I think you think they can beat the Sixers. Um, if it's the Celtics, I think you think they can beat the Celtics and you, you just go down the line and, you know, all of those things I think are, are totally true. Um, and, you know, I think they have another 50 games to truly feel comfortable and feel confident and, you know, not question the, and it's not that they're questioning the system that they're playing. It's just that, you know, like they're not totally comfortable yet. And, you know, I think this next 50 games like is going to be really interesting to see, you know, how comfortable they get with that. And, you know, uh, on the nights where, where they aren't shooting particularly well, are, are they getting more and more comfortable with the idea that, you know, sometimes this just happens and we, we have to find a way, a, a different way to affect the game. Or, uh, you know, when a team loads up on Giannis, like we, we have to find a way to get the ball back to him or we have to find other ways to involve him. And I think all those things will improve. Like, I just think it is, I I don't want to say you can, I I think you can kind of see it coming. Like that moment is going to happen at some point and you know how the bucks react to it, I think is going to be really interesting. And, you know, 
all of these regular season games, I think in many way are tests to figure out how you deal with that and, you know, how easily you can just brush it off and say, whatever that, that happened for a game and we'll be coming right back tomorrow night and we're going to shoot well tomorrow night. And, um, you know, I, I just, that, that part to me is really interesting because, uh, the logic behind how they play is, uh, I don't want to say flawless, but you know, there's not a ton of flaws there. It makes a lot of logical sense. It's just, you know, uh, human beings are, uh, you know, kind of inherently illogical. Like we, we, we get things in our minds that make us feel certain ways. And sometimes we can't see the logic, uh, of things that, that we, that are good for us or things that we're trying to do. So I don't know, like I, I, I don't know why it was that Pacers game of all the games, but it like that one just kind of like zoomed it into me. And it was just like, okay, like not that these next, however many months are left in the season don't matter. But, you know, I do think you're, you're going towards a spot where the Bucks are a top four team in the East and uh, they're going to be in every series and they're going to have a chance in every series. And at some point there's going to kind of be a, a bad shooting night. And just, uh, I'm curious how, how they respond in that moment. Well, I think I know why it crystallized in the pace. Well, you know, <laughs> I think we know why it crystallized in the Pacers game because it was, that was their biggest loss of the season, technically, right? 16, I think. What they, did they lose to the yeah. Pacers by 15? And Giannis, season low in shots and points. And Middleton was terrible shooting the ball. And, you know, pretty much everybody with blood cell was bad. So, you know, it was, it was kind of like definitely the worst case scenario um, game. And somebody was asking me, like, about like, oh, can Giannis really ever like be a true like number one or something to that effect, um, you know, without a, a reliable three-point shot? And um, and they referred to the, like, the Pacers game. I think they referred to the Pacers game as like a microcosm. And I was like, well, it can't be a microcosm if it's like by far his worst game of the season because, you know, like yeah. then it's it's – no, it's an outlier. It's not a microcosm. Microcosm, <laughs> you know, the microcosm is him getting, you know, six dunks and averaging and scoring 26 and 13 or whatever. Um but yeah, I mean, it's a good, it's good that, you know, the Pacers were doing different things as far as like how quickly they were showing him bodies. And, you know, the upside is better see it now than, you know, not see it until game one of the playoffs. Absolutely. Um, and so, you know, you continue to get, uh, you can get kind of more comfortable with, uh, with what you're seeing in, uh, in teams trying to give you different looks and, and teams are going to give, I, mean, I think it's going to be interesting the rest of the season too, because, you know, like we saw Boston beat them basically by saying, Hey, Giannis just beat us one-on-one. And then, you know, we've seen obviously the Pacers and, um, you know, other teams try to crowd him much more. Uh, and, you know, it's kind of crazy. I mean, he scored 20 points in 16 straight games. And then the last four before Friday, he averaged 17, only had 20 and he had once in that span. That was 22 against the Warriors. On the flip side, he shot 50% or better in every one of those games. So it was really just, you know, kind of like what you were saying making the right decision wasn't forcing stuff was passing. Yep. Um, but just, you know, again, like obviously, you know, with a couple of those losses, you would have said, well, that, that's not really the trade-off you want. I mean, Toronto. Yeah. You're not too worried about it because they managed to, to pull out a tough win. And the Raptors obviously, you know, gave them some looks from three ultimately that, that uh, maybe they don't, if they, you know, decide to, to sort of just say, Hey, Giannis, why don't you just beat us one-on-one? So, um, so yeah, it's going to be, I mean, I think the, you know, the what happens when you lose a playoff game question. I mean, and I think that's getting into kind of a really important question. But to me, it's like kind of not so related to the style as much at that point. I mean, that's just 
that's yeah. just like, hey, this team's never won a playoff series with these guys. And so, um, you know, that that's going to be that's <laughs> going to be obviously a test regardless of uh, of of how they play. So um, anyway, the only other thing I want to mention from the Cavs game, which I thought was interesting and I'm not sure a couple quick things. Um, I thought it was interesting how much uh, anecdotally it felt like that was the most we've seen Giannis just sort of like bringing the ball up and kind of, in, you know, quote unquote, initiating the offense, you know, it's sort of more of that like throwback kind of point Giannis look. And I don't know if anybody asked Bud about it specifically, but I'd be curious if we see, if we do see it again on Monday in Detroit, um, because obviously, you know, in coming off a game where he didn't take many shots and he felt like he wasn't getting the ball back and he was having to be where operate a lot as a screener. And like the first six minutes of the game, I think he like touched the ball like once or twice. <laughs> like it was crazy how little he touched the ball early in the game against um, the Pacers. So the fact that he was not just, you know, catching the ball at the elbows, getting his post looks on the left side, you know, doing kind of that normal stuff we see, but also operating from the top of the key uh, or, you know, just bringing the ball up and initiating that way. I, I kind of wonder is like that's something they're going to try to do more often just to get him kind of more prolonged touches or um, the flip side could be, well, you know, maybe that was just, well, you, you're missing Brogdon and Middleton. And obviously Brogdon in particular is a guy who, you know, can typically be a guy that, that, um, that does you know bring the ball up a fair bit. So maybe that was just part of it. Cause certainly, um, you know, a lot of the actions involve, you know, a lot of their normal offense involves like Giannis kind of screening around the top of the key, not, not being obviously being a guy that that is initiating, so I thought that would be interesting to watch. And then the only other quite the only other comment I had was, um, we've been seeing a lot of this rotation of the wings, um, and I think you I think maybe you pointed on Twitter tonight that that Tony Snell is the only guy who hasn't really caught a DNP CD at some point. It seems like uh, out of the wing rotation, mm-hmm. and, um, <clears throat> and and Chris, I guess, um, but why is Jay? I mean, I know it was the Cavs, but like, why is Jalen Morris playing above Sterling Brown in that game? Like that to me, and obviously uh, we are hashtag Sterling stands. Um, so uh, maybe I overrate, you know, Sterling a little, a little bit, but, and not that Jalen Brown, Jalen Morris did anything like particularly wrong, but um, I, I don't know. I mean, this is a two way guy and you're missing Middleton and Brogdon and you're giving, I think first quarter minutes to this guy, who has really not, I mean, he's not a shooter period. Um, and, and Sterling Brown has actually been playing, has finally gotten into the rotation and been playing better. Um, so I was kind of like, really? Like, are we, I don't know. Again, not to, it doesn't matter. It's the Cavs. Yeah. But Sterling Brown, I mean, like, it's not like Sterling Brown is some like, you know, 10 year veteran who you like know that is going to be in rotation. Like, if he's actually like playing and getting some kind of rhythm, like I kind of want to like keep playing that guy, especially when Middleton and Brogdon are out. I don't know. I just didn't think they're right. And then with, with the way Connaughton's been shooting the ball, I don't know. I, I thought that was just kind of weird that, that they didn't continue to give him run. I, I realized like, yeah, opportunistic, whatever. But meanwhile, you also have DJ Wilson and Christian Wood in the G league. So I, I don't know. It's that, that part just, again, Were you- maybe. So when DJ Wilson played in the second quarter against the Cavs on Monday, did you think like something was up or something was afoot? Well, I mean, Giannis wasn't even available in that game. So, I mean, I guess like you're super thin at power forward. That said, DJ Wilson playing that early feels weird. Um, And I think no one will be shocked to know that I don't understand why Christian Wood 
is not playing at all when and DJ Wilson. Well, I understand because they're they they picked DJ Wilson in the first round and they probably want to figure out what the hell he is. Um, but no one's going to convince me that DJ Wilson's a better player than Christian Wood at least right now. Um, so anyway, whatever. That's my Christian Woodlands um, stand-up coming out. But uh, I don't know. I mean, like it's all fine as long as you win. But you know, I think like I mean this game. I mean this game was weird though, right? Because the Bucks were like never really threatened, really. But, like, it was too close for comfort in the fourth quarter in particular. And I don't know. Like, I just – man, throw Sterling Brown some love, man. Come on. What, what, did, maybe – did Sterling have a bad practice? I don't know. Maybe that that's why. But uh, I, I don't know. Do you want to put a bet on over-under how many Sterling Brown minutes there are tomorrow night? Uh, over-under how many Sterling Brown minutes tomorrow night? Yes, against the Pistons. Uh I hadn't thought about what do you, what would you put as the over under? Um, I'm trying to, I think he was at about like 19 or I'm trying to, let me find those six games beforehand. So the six games beforehand, he was averaging 22.7 minutes per game. Do you want to put it at 20? Cause I would uh, take the over and I would take the over all day. You're going to take the over all day. Um, all well, day. Like, I, I think, I think he's very firmly in the Bucks rotation now. And, rotations in Cavs games should not mean anything to anyone. I guess the thing I don't know is, is, is well, I guess, I, 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 so your statement, I think the key thing there is your statement that he is in the rotation. Um, it seems like he certainly is, right? Um, but we know that that can kind of change quickly. I'm, I'm curious with Connaughton, like, how many, how many, how many shots does he have to miss before he loses minutes, you know, before he, DNP CDs. Like I, I thought that, I mean, I thought actually that he had DNP DNPCD whatever it was a week ago when he didn't play, but then it turned out, I guess he was hanged up a little bit. Um, but uh, I don't know. Well, what actually have you seen? I, I'm looking at the injury report and I'm not seeing, Oh, here's my, here's the, here's the buck injury report. Malcolm Brogdon probable, Chris Middleton probable. So um, Trevon Duval and Christian Ware are both out with G league assignments. Just to screw, just to just to kick sand in my face. Um, yeah, obviously that that will. Let's just say if we were betting, that would be a very important piece. So you're saying in 20 minutes, even with assuming Chris and Malcolm are back, uh, Malcolm are back. Yeah. Um, because I don't think those are real injuries. Yeah. No, I I would quote unquote, I would agree. agree. Um, or yeah, like although it was interesting that it was interesting to rest both. It, I, I assume they're not a hundred percent healthy. Like you, you would assume that there's maybe a little bit of a, uh, something there, sure. right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cause I, that was the thing. Like I, if, if it was one of them, then I, you know, or like they alternated, then I would say like, yeah, there's, it was probably just like whatever. Um, but for both of them to miss, like, you know, at that point you're, you're getting really cute, just resting two starters and playing. Jail. Oh no, no, no. I, I didn't think there's, I don't think those are real injuries. Like I think those are just like, Hey guys, pick up stuff during the year and whatever. We're playing the Cavs, so let's get some of these other guys some run. I thought those were like straight DNP CDs. It, it could be. Um, I, I did, but then I really, yeah, I, just DNP CDing three guys who were in your rotation the game before, like that just, <laughs> <laughs> like that just seems. Yeah, it, it was gutsy. Uh, uh, it was gutsy. It's, it's something. Anyway, all right. Um, I'm gonna <laughs> say I'm gonna take the under on Sterling Brown minutes because I'm. Um, uh, I'm, uh, I'm going to take that as an affront to, to Sterling and I'm just going to assume that, <laughs> but is but is jerking us around again. Uh, anyway, 
All right, tell me one thing you care about in this Pistons game, and then we can we can wrap it up for the night. Well, I mean, Giannis has had some very shaky games against the Pistons uh, in the last year or so. Um, you know, he, he did not have... Bucks won 115-92 the last time they played. Giannis had 15 points on a 6 of 12 night, just four free throw attempts on the night. 15 points, seven rebounds, five assists. They did win 115-92, um, and that happened in 26 minutes. But yeah, that was... Yeah, and uh, you know that was a game where Blake Griffin looked good. Um, Giannis just never seemed to really get. I mean, he couldn't get around Zaza. Well, like, as, like there were, I think he was playing. He was technically like at center when Zaza was out there, and like Zaza took a charge on him, and just like just he just didn't seem right um, in that game. And um, so I think you know, especially coming out the forty-four point game, you would hope that they now maybe have well, whatever. Like I mean, he's Giannis, like. He, it's not like there's some not rocket science here, but you would hope that um, hopefully he does not kind of, you know, kind of backslide back into, um, you know, sort of Pacers slash last time they played the Pistons mode, Giannis. Um, but we'll see. I mean, he's had some definitely some forgettable games um, against the Pistons, and I don't, I don't, I'm not sure entirely why. Just because, I mean, you especially look at their personality. I mean, obviously Blake is not, you know, some you know, lockdown defender. Um, I mean, he's fine, whatever. Like, I don't think he's bad. He's, he's mobile. Right. So, I mean, he's, you know, he's not a pylon. Um, and, but Andre Drummond, I mean, it's not like Drummond's like some great rim protector. Right. So it's not like you're, you know, trying to, um, dunk on, you know, prime bill Russell or something like that. Uh, and you know, like Stanley Johnson, like is Stanley Johnson, like a Giannis stopper. Like I think Tolliver maybe gave like Tolliver was an okay matchup when they had him, but he's gone. So I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't see why they should be able to stop him, but obviously so much of the time, like it's just luck and rhythm and, you know, the bucks maybe don't get, you know, the bucks get away from doing what, what, you know, they need to do to keep Giannis involved and the other team, you know, maybe, just has a good night or whatever. So uh, I don't know. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping Giannis kind of does what we know Giannis can do. I'm not expecting 44 points, but I would hope that he doesn't kind of suffer another Detroit mad game. And um, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I think otherwise, like, you know, I think Giannis can Giannis keep it up and get over his sort of like eh, against the Pistons. And then I think obviously Middleton's probably a guy that, you know, if we're looking at individuals um, I think, you know, all Bucks fans should be hoping that he has a nice game at some point soon because, you know, it'd be nice to say, have him be able to see the ball go through the basket a little bit because obviously it just hasn't been happening lately. And, you know, when if Chris is going like four for 16, five for 18, whatever games like that, I mean, that's a lot of shots to be taking to be shooting that poorly. Um, so, again, and not that he's not taking like quality shots or something like that. It's not like he's just forcing like off the dribble threes all game long. Um, he's got to take open shots, uh, and it feels like he still is, but, um, you know, I think obviously it would be good for everybody's mental health, uh, as Bucks fans, if, uh, if they can see Chris maybe kind of break out of his slump a bit. Uh, Pistons 14 and 13 on the year. Now they just broke the Celtics eight game winning streak, uh, with a 113 104 victory on Saturday. Um, so we'll have to keep an eye on that Pistons team. I, I thought last time we watched the Pistons, I found myself thinking how the hell do they score points yeah they're guard um, players 
because it's like Blake Griffin and then uh, I don't know what's going on uh, with the rest of that squad. So, um, you know, I think we'll we'll have to watch and see if, you know, that's any different in this one. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of how I go into this game, uh, kind of viewing things, because uh, I don't I don't know if I, I totally understand that. Uh, after losing to the Bucks, uh, the Pistons lost four more, um, went down to 13 and 13 and now are 14 and 13 overall with that win over the Celtics. So uh, they've been in a little bit of a, of a slide. And, you know, when you think about that team, I, I mean, I think it kind of makes sense. Um, I think when you're watching at the start of the year, you thought, okay, maybe this team's a little overperforming a little bit, uh, you know, winning some games and maybe they shouldn't be, maybe they're not quite that talented. And, you know, that's kind of uh, rearing its ugly head at the moment. So we'll see Bucks Pistons, Monday night at Little Caesars Arena, I think it's called, or maybe the Little Caesars Arena. I'm not sure. I know it's Pfizer Forum and not the Pfizer Forum. I don't know if it's the Little Caesars Arena or just Little Caesars Arena. Um, so that'll be Monday night. Frank and I will get back together again after that one and break it all down for you. So for Frank Man, I, I was going to say, uh, I'm curious. You're going to have to tell. I They have to have Little Caesars Pizza at Little Caesars Arena, right? And that, that, that can't pop. They do. Right? You're gonna, you're gonna have to... They do. Matt, Matt Velasquez has already reported to me that they do. Um, but that's a good reminder, Frank, because we also need to do arena reviews. Uh, people want to know about uh, what I thought of arenas on the road. So we need to do that as well. But we can do that next podcast. So uh, we'll save that for then. I will have a little Caesars update as well. My only comment on that is that for some reason growing up, we would have um, – my mom would, would take us out to get pizza on Friday nights and – there was some period where we would go pick up little Caesars from, uh, I think there was one in Brown Deer. And like looking back, I don't know why we did that because I guess I kind of like little Caesars, but like I feel ashamed saying that. And I don't think I've had it in probably 25 to 30 years. So now I'm like <laughs> kind of, I have kind of like a fascination with like retrying little Caesars just to like remember if it tastes the way I, or if it like brings back any memories, I do remember having a friend growing up who really liked it and he would, they would get like crazy bread when they would order pizzas and stuff like that. And I remember crazy bread being, being pretty tasty in like a totally horrible for you kind of way. So have some crazy bread, report back on the pizza. Um, and, uh, and then we can do a broader, broader debrief on, on arena food. All right. Sounds good. That is going to be it for us for tonight. Bucks, Pistons, Brown Knight. We'll break it all down for you after the games. For Frank Madden, I'm Eric Name. This has been Lockdown Bucks. We'll talk to you tomorrow.